Hey, everybody, and welcome to the 17th episode of Variables, streaming live every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube, Twitch, and X. Uh, You can find us after the show on Spotify and everywhere you get your podcasts. Tonight, we're going to talk a little uh, 2024 predictions. Cheers, guys. We're we're your hosts, Fergoli. Pedro's Grow Room, aka Mr. Rosin's Neighborhood, and Superior Buds, aka Superior Buds 420. Cheers. What's going on, everybody? How you guys doing? Great. High as all hell right now. <laughs> I'd love to get higher. I think I am. I'm up next. That, that, that would fall. Roll in here with some edibles. <laughs> Ooh, what are you, what I, uh, are you eating on tonight? Uh, just some leftover milk chocolate holiday bark. It's just look at that. That's those like two, three little pieces in there. Four, I guess, is a hundred milligrams, and that's oh. like just tiny, tiny little bit of chocolate. It's good times. Good times. My, my minimum is probably two hundred. <laughs> I would probably, probably fall on my ass with half of one of those. I've <laughs> I've seen some people recently do that. Not like literally, but I I did watch a guy whom we've had on this podcast i guess i'll call him all heady boy um <laughs> took like a fucking 15 minute nap in front of me on the on the ground on the concrete face down and i just stood there oh, making sure he was okay <laughs> i'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. get the i get the lightheadedness the turn white white and then oh, sweat like sweat from every pore on every part <laughs> of my body holy cow and then just like I, the wife knows miss buds knows just oh I got to sit down. You just got to leave me alone. Give me yeah. 10 minutes. I'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> well, 10 minutes. That's all it takes. Just has to. It's just like a wave. And then after that, I'm like, okay, give me some water. Let's go smoke another one. Roll it on the wave, man. Yeah. <laughs> so 2024. Huh? What's going to be new this year? This could prove to be a fucking crazy world outside of the cannabis industry. but inside the cannabis industry? What do we think? Do we think we it's got... slowed down? Do we think we're dying down? Do we think we're building new stuff? Do we think we're progressing? Do we think we got some new products? If I'm understand? only looking at the data here in Michigan and the monthly numbers that come out of the medical and adult use slash recreational markets, the sales numbers every month are increasing, but the prices are decreasing. So at a certain point, there will be a breaking point for a lot of businesses in which they will probably be uh, go out of business, be acquired by uh, MSO or someone bigger than them. Um, you know, who knows? Yeah, we um, we talked about lot. it before where, mm-hmm. you know, people were overly optimistic in their projections of what they could do. Um, you know, that's something that weighed on me heavy when we were looking at everything, the ROI and and being cautious and no one was cautious in their numbers. And we're going to see the result of that, but hopefully we get a stable market afterwards. I mean, that's feel like I've I've had a lot of people come to me and, and who, who, you know, who are in the food market or who just can't seem to get the good rosin, you know, so they have to kind of stay back to the food or to the vape carts or whatever, you know, and, but I do see the people that are producing good rosin, 
good carts, good, and I don't want to leave it to rosin, you know, good um, extracts, you know, good, good carts, um, good joints. Joints are going crazy right now. The dog walkers, we call them, you know, um, but the people that produce the, the better products um, and edibles can be better too. So I'm kind of stepping on my own words here, but um, they seem to be okay in the market. They seem to be, the prices are steady and they're pretty goddamn high. I mean, I, I think our vapes in a, in a store um, goes for 70 bucks for a one gram vape. Wow. You know? See, that's what I was kind of wondering is if after you have a race to the bottom, do you then end up with a secondary race for quality, which allows you to get yeah, that? Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm, you know, we know that quality's out there, but. How, how would they? That's like a sh whole shift in your business model, practically, though. It you know? really well, no, I'm not saying it's the same business that's doing it. I'm saying, does the market as a whole start fighting? Where now the whole market is racing to the bottom because mm -hmm. everyone's trying to capture sh market share. And then once we get that and we stabilize by all the fly by nights, the, the get rich quick people fall out because they're not getting rich quick. Do we then end up with a secondary rush towards quality to? hold the market share you can only sell shit so much when so you know i mean there's always going to be a market for mids a, a big <laughs> yes for, for sure and i i hate to always compare to this to the alcohol market but let's let's just do that for a second because um you know been around a lot longer had its own prohibition yada yada but if i think about the craft beer market specifically it doesn't it, it's not that it hasn't been around for forever but it doesn't seem to be uh, or have it seems that it's gotten a lot larger in recent years and it, you know we'll call it the last like decade or decade and a half um i think you could probably even look up those numbers of the microbreweries for example and see that trend mm -hmm. um now how do we compare that to the cannabis industry because i think i don't think it's necessarily an education issue for alcohol and <laughs> that i'm uh I, I was like oh like these are better hops and it's a better quality water or something so i'm gonna go drink from this microbrewery versus going and buying you know bud light off the shelf or whatever right <laughs> but, but i do we I don't, have our own class of hipsters that are stoners that are you know <laughs> and that's kind of where i'm getting to it it's like i don't think it's necessarily an education issue for craft at, at, at scale although i do i'm a huge proponent of it do encourage it and think that would help in a lot of different ways um i think it's almost just like a marketing thing i guess it does it seem more like that than right anything else i mean i, I don't know what what got microbreweries so big like what was that shift i i've worked at a lot of big companies and every single one of the big companies i've worked at that were number one in their field were a marketing company first and what they did second that was kind of how they operated so you may be onto something it may just be a marketing which is partially educational if you think about it for Dude, sure. marketing and packaging is a huge part of the industry out here yeah oh packaging, kind of a huge part of packaging is big big it's kind of a huge part of the heady market um there's kind of been a, a, a clash lately regarding the no seal no deal i call it bullshit, but the no seal <laughs> no seal bull, bull, bullshit. Um, whereas basically if you get a jar like this anymore from somebody that has no seal on it, that doesn't prove that it's from whoever the fuck you want it to be from, 
then you're not going to buy it or you're going to question it or you're going to this or you're going to that, you know. Um, so not be, I guess not being able to see your product before you buy it is becoming more and more of a thing. Mike, That's an Mike interesting, interesting way of Mike. framing that. I, uh, I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> I don't personally do it myself with the seals. Um, it's an added expense and both monetary, albeit very small, and time. And packaging is timely, <laughs> uh, especially if you're, you know, or it can be costly too, especially if you're trying to win that, you know, marketing thing that we're talking about. Um, I the no seal no deal thing is kind of funny and I it's just another one of those elitist bullshit heady freaking things that it's gonna drive me crazy the reason <laughs> they're doing it you know um that, is as much as it just to jump in as much as it irritates us it's fucking working there's people that are buying into it and there's people that are fucking doing it yeah and well and here's oh. the thing like it, it would I'm just trying to think about comparing it to like my you know whatever business model if you will and you know at a show for example my whole thing would be to have a jar open so that you know that that one's there to kind of it's a sampler jar right to, to take a look at to smell hope that's another problem with education at, at, at a dispensary but move on well a dispensary is a different thing because here in michigan you can't really access the jars like that you're not allowed to open them and smell them right so you might as well seal them up um but having a sampler out there, you know, to like a, a smell smell jar, free smells, Jimmy John style, you know, like uh, that's that's very helpful and uh, from a sales and marketing standpoint. But yeah, you're not gonna get that one. You're gonna get one of those ones that have been unopened, you know. But the only way to know that that's been unopened uh, is to have a seal on it. But then again, like anybody can go buy seals off of Amazon, a heat gun, and just do it themselves. Um, so what? Now you've got to upgrade to some customized you know numbered logoed holographic unbreakable say, like <laughs> hologram with a freaking qr code yeah and a serial number on it like <laughs> i guess it depends on what your ultimate end goal is and where, where you're coming from and what your ultimate end goal is you know if you're just on the if you're just in a legacy market and you're selling to your buddies and, and your buddies buddies and small group of people that don't give a shit they just want some good stuff to smoke and potentially good quality whatever then it doesn't goddamn matter whatsoever um, if you're on the gray market and you're trying to expand and try to get bigger and whatnot to try to get your name out there for whatever reason that may be, um, it's going to become an issue. If you're in the commercial market with marketing and trying to uh, scratch your way to the top, you know, with uh, literally pennies, uh, fucking fractions of cent, a lot of cases. Um, unfortunately, it's going to, whether we like it or not, it, it's kind of becoming a thing. It's, it's like there's some, there's some. And I don't exactly know the the formula, but there are some trendsetters out there that can just say this is the way it's going to be fucking done, and then everybody follows suit. And I haven't found the formula in which to make that happen yet. Um, I mean, I guess just what grab your balls and run through the crowd, you know? I don't know. Sounds like a fun thing to do, by the way. Yeah, that's one way to be loud and proud about it. I think that's, you know, the method of it, it seems. Uh, you know, having an audience, being an influencer, what what have you. I mean, if I could uh, snap my fingers and and uh, have some influence on the industry in that way, I'd, I'd open their eyes to and, and re-educate them on BHO. <laughs> uh, sure, sure. Well, well, you're talking about that. What, what are your guys' thoughts on all the influencers selling the THCA? 
legal distillate. Flower. Legal the quote flower. Unquote, oh, okay, okay. Because I, I thought we were going to get in the THCA distillate, which seems to be mm. a buzzword lately. But mm-hmm. uh, so, so explain. W- tell me what you're talking about, because yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I don't follow a whole lot of influencers, or at least I don't pay attention. I don't think, other than maybe Pedro. <laughs> and go in for it. And go into it for people that are in the audience as well that may not. Follow yeah. Closely. So there's just been a lot of push lately for legal THCA hemp flower. Um, and you have a lot of influencers pushing it now legal in all 50 states because of the farm bill so they can ship anywhere um and and their thing is is THCA. what makes what is the difference between what is the difference between thc and thca and yeah thca has the extra molecule right and the acid attached to it yes right the a and that breaks down under decarbing into thc so now it's a psychoactive ingredient mm-hmm. and exactly. why do, now it's and, now it still gets you high and why do hemp plants have this and normal cannabis plants or other cannabis plants don't well hemp plants while well, he's coughing over there on his dab still <laughs> i got you uh <laughs> so so the i believe it's called the uh the farm bill shit what it was called so the, the we passed a, a a bill in the united states a couple years ago i, I want to say like 2019 that allowed for hemp to be grown pretty much federally legal uh but i think and correct me if i'm wrong it, it, to be considered hemp although hemp being a cousin of cannabis uh closely related you know has a lot of similar cannabinoids like cbd and some of the others it also has thc in it but that's the thing that's illegal right so we don't want to be growing thc so we said hey we'll make hemp growing legal because it has so many useful you know high value products on the other end of it but the thc we're worried about so you can't grow it if it has more than what is like 0.2 percent or yeah, something there's like a percentage that. i don't remember yeah, it's what like it was. 0.3 or something it's stupid low yeah super low but Guess what? If you fill up the state of Texas and Tennessee with you know legal hemp fields, and you take 0.2% THC, but you extract all this flower, these hundreds of thousands of pounds of flour down, and then you uh, isolate out that THC, well, guess what? You still got THC, and you've got a lot of it. So just fucking shipped it across the country. Yep. So it's technically legally derived THC, even though like it's just I don't know. It's It's, it's, one of those. It's 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 the ability for me to not be able to send a ninety percent jar of of alcohol in the mail, but if I dilute it, I can send it out to you. You know, so it's I, like, I've it's, I've it's, seen it's, this it's, argument against the THCA flower. You hear it back and forth both sides. Right. I don't know what to believe. I don't grow it. Yeah. Um, for one, I don't believe that they would be growing something that if they missed a harvest, it would have federal ramifications in a non-legal state. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but maybe they do. Well, wait, what do you mean? What do you mean this, by that? That the THCA flower isn't hemp. It's normal weed just harvested before it's completed. Nah, yeah, there'd be so many people behind and they'd be, yeah. I, 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 mean, I don't buy that argument not- either yeah (laughs) and if it was if it was done in a legal state then they're not going to sell it as thca flour and harvest it early they're going to wait the extra two weeks three weeks and so is this something that you're seeing as a growing thing in the you see it a lot right now 
people selling legal THCA flour. And what they're talking about mm-hmm. in chat, there's a couple of people saying like, you know, I've gotten flour legally, like normal flour legally online. They're literally just using, yeah, yeah. They're just, it's okay. You could just lie and say it's something else. I could, I could sell you uh whey protein powder to be, right. you know, meth or something, right? Like, <laughs> I, I, can you even, get I don't know. That's how little I know about it, but we just um, got blocked. yeah, it, it just, yeah. <laughs> Meth's bad. <laughs> drugs are bad. Um, this is an educational show. <clears throat> Thank you, YouTube Mats. Uh, <laughs> no, but like, yeah, you could just lie and say it's anything, but that, that's that's not what we're talking about. We're talking yeah. about like legal loopholes that people are kind of taking advantage of. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I believed it was, that's why in my thought it would make sense if it was hemp. I think it in my my thought process is that it's it's going nowhere. It, it it's it's a dead end avenue. However, it could start um, loosening the, the walls. Really? No, 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 no. no. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking more of. I I think as far as the scientific argument and that shit, it's it's it, it, it's weird to me. It's not like, feasible in this and that. But what it could do is it could break down or it could you know soften the walls, the barriers, if you will, as to the plant in a whole. You know, so I don't think, you know, and I've been trying to practice this a lot more recently is never to go into something with a with a singular view, you know, always be open to the possibilities mm-hmm. and walk down paths and whatnot. Um, but like I said, my first thought is eh, it's not going to go anywhere. But my other thought is, well, but if it doesn't go anywhere, maybe it'll still do something beneficial for the plant and and for the medicine in a whole mm-hmm. as a whole. It, to me, it's a, it's an interesting one because. Their argument of the science of THCA breaks down to THC. Totally valid. It makes sense, right? But at the same time, it just, I don't, it, it, I guess I, if it's so good, why isn't everyone smoking it? Type. I don't know. It's weird. Oh, so, I haven't. So, so what is it that they're, the product, the end product that they're getting? Is it this like, is it's it flour? Actually, it's just flour? It, yeah, it's but it looks like it's weird. so. I mean, so the layman is just getting flour that's not getting them high, but the person the person that isn't that does. doesn't have the ability to to process it. They they claim it does, and and some of their arguments are valid because if you look at <clears throat> excuse me some flour dispensaries, it'll have high THCA content. If you look at the cannabinoid breakdown, I mean, some of their arguments do make sense. It, it's weird to me. I can't. I can't figure out what side I'm on on this one. <laughs> I really can't. I, I don't know. I'm co- absolutely confused by this. <laughs> I mean, speaking of softening, maybe it's just yeah, going to soften the whole. Here's the, the whole federal regulation. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you heat up THCA and that's what it takes to convert it to THC. So, that makes sense. So you don't grow THC, you grow THCA. And then when you, you know, dab it with a torch, like Pedro's doing, you stuff it in an email, you put it in your bowl and you light it on fire. That heating process is what converts it um, from THCA to THC, like we were talking about earlier, makes it psychoactive. You could eat a full nug of cannabis and still get benefits of the cannabinoids and other things in there, but you're not necessarily going to get high. Yeah, exactly. I mean, our, our, if, if, if our argument is that it's just the THCA, I mean, it, it, any plant that I grow has 
under or has just thca it doesn't have the thc until it's converted some right. of it will just in the natural process of decarboxylation and whatnot but until i start putting it under a hot press and actually start converting some of it isn't it all thca it, it, uh so we have a question so if you harvest week six will it be all thc yes if you harvest week two week 10 week 30 thousand well no because eventually it's going <laughs> yeah, right. to convert to cbn i guess but um you just not have is enough <laughs> yeah yeah it's but it's it the plant grows thca that's it bottom line it doesn't grow thc it grows thca so essentially so go ahead well that's what i'm wondering is if is that the loophole they're trying to use yeah that, i think it's just a we're just gonna fucking put it out here and be like yo education is education this is thca not thc fuck yourselves we're gonna send it maybe that's what's going on oh, yeah maybe go. the wording in the bill says <laughs> you know that tetrahydrocannabinol is illegal but not tetrahydrocannabinol with an acid attached to it you know and if that's one of those i mean good fucking luck arguing that in court but you know <laughs> i mean i mean education is education but yeah good luck um let's get into like we said, the uh, the thoughts, the predictions of uh, 2024. And I have one, and we had a little bit of a conversation. That was a little hot to throw them in there. I had one, and we had a conversation a little bit uh, in our, in our pre-chat here before the show. And I think it goes a little bit farther than exactly what we were talking about, so I'll present it a little differently here. Um, one of my predictions, because I come from obviously the the, the solventless side uh, and the 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 hash and rosin making, you know, the concentrate side more than I do the flour and whatnot, and in even more so than the growing anymore. And what I see coming down the pipeline, and I think it's pretty obvious with a couple different manufacturers and one that we just had on last last week, is going to be an increase in products in more professional line products for the i say home grower but you know you in this case it, it it depends on your position you're going to have to home means three thousand six thousand dollar for 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 different right upgrades and stuff so i mean i guess take what i say loosely but nonetheless i think there's going to be more commercial products available to the home grower and with what we saw in 2023 with what i saw competing and whatnot in 2023 is there some damn good products coming out of fucking home growers people that most of us don't even fucking know like don't even have a clue who they are and they're winning they're winning contests they're winning you know competitions That's so awesome. i think a we're going to see products like that coming into the home growers um, grasp within their reach right and i think we're also just going to see be because of that um we're going to see a lot better products coming out um people that have it's it's kind of cool to say finally i guess though but people that have more fucking passion than we ever did you know these and i i'm 40 fucking five now so i can call a 22 year old a kid you know because I, I get that but these kids that are coming out of the fucking gates with just fucking fire you know and just making they just love it you know they're like like we were when we fucking got into this you know
but they've got access and to all the education. I was just all say, the, the information you know? is there now. Mm-hmm. They're starting a decade ahead of us, guys. They're and they're they're whooping ass, dude. I get take my hats off. So now you know, once they have access to a stainless steel machine with better water and better this, they're they're better than washing and their five gallon, twenty gallon machines. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, water chillers are better. Um, water reservoirs are better. Um, sprayers are better. Agitators are better. You know, I think everything is kind of and it and it's and it's trickling down, right? It starts a lot of the times. Let's name the names as it did with low temp. You know. Um, they started out with the presses, but then they were like, let's move into washers. And they immediately came out with their, their Osprey, you know, which is a, a, a very, very good machine. No, they got um, this. yeah. Then, then, then there's their new one. So then they just came out with this last week. I think they're, the Osprey is, uh, fuck. I forget how many gallons. Like 20, you know, should, or should, 25 K, right? Isn't it? Should I, I should know it off the top of my head. Oh, it's for for price, he has twenty five gallons. I forget how much or how many gallons it is though for the oh, seventy five gallons. There it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now they're coming out with products right there for six thousand dollars in a thirty gallon washing system, which is very similar to a five gallon system, just in a thirty gallon setup in a much much yeah. cleaner, much easier to and clean you're, setup. You're, you're already going to invest in a freeze dryer if you're going to do it right. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you're kind of used to buying the, I, kinda, I don't I think it's really out of the, that. I, I really want it to. I'm trying not I to. Fucking want I, that thing, dude. It, I, I was all pissed off because I just finished my glycol loop and then they come out with this and I'm like, <laughs> come on. We, uh, we love gotta, Osprey. So, you know, yeah. and then Pele Polaire is the other one. If you want to bring that one up, Budsy. Was, um, which one was guy, it? The Reaper? I got he it. doesn't uh, have. Reaper Jr. Oh, he probably doesn't even have nothing it. Nothing on okay. the site for it. So maybe he was even, I don't know if we talked about that last week, but he's yeah, got we another did. system the Reaper. coming out. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's believe, a gallon I version believe, of the Reaper. Yeah, I believe top. that's a top-down agitator, I believe. Right. So this, but basically this the uh, um, spoon tech, you know, from the top but down. He, he also mentioned during the show that he was going to offer just the mixer. So if you already have your own wash vessel, mm-hmm. then you can mm-hmm. just add his mixer. Now That's that nice. w- is what fits for my setup because sure. I'm already stainless and yeah, I'm, I'm I've got my glycol chill. If I can just mount a mixer to the wall and, you know, slide that shit up a unistrut or something, I'm in. You What's know, the no, benefit of top end agita- agitation because it floats? Is that essentially it? Boy, you're really getting into an argument yeah. there. Physics. Well, let's do it because I don't know why. Um, well, also, I don't know that I really consider his top end because a lot of those mixers don't actually, they, they mix from the top, but they have a long shaft that puts the impeller at the bottom. So you're still, it's just like bottom. It's just now you have a solid bottom that doesn't have anything that can get trapped in it. Yeah, there, there's a lot of people that go both ways on this. Um, some, some will say that the top-down agitator depend on, and I think everything is depending, depending variables, variables, variables. Mm-hmm. depending how the agitator itself is designed, how it goes through the water, you know, how big the blades are themselves. Does it, um, does it ball up and or um, catch a lot of flour as it goes around does it shearing action does it smash things to the wall is it too close to the wall is it too big of a paddle so the Um, interesting thing about that is i actually looked at those scientific mixers 
and looked at all the propeller stats because you could buy there's hundreds of different ones all stainless yeah. and you go through and that's some of the things they have is the shear factor and nice. uh, the blunt i forget what it's called but it's basically like how much blunt force trauma are you in <laughs> yeah exactly. you know, like, probably like the drag <laughs> coefficient in a vehicle you yeah know what I'm and then what's wild though is they show you the vortex that it makes in a cylinder vessel so right. it'll show you what the mixing action looks like is it That's mixing cool. like That's this sweet. is it mixing you know it's wild when you start going down that rabbit hole right and i mean i'm a it's been obvious for years i'm a proponent of low temp um and their bottom their bottom agitator um I, i've obviously i've walked washed with the five gallon system for a long time but their bottom bottom agitator generally if everything is right God, variables. Holy fuck, that just got my head rolling there. Your flower doesn't come in contact with the bottom impeller generally right. as much as it does with the top-down agitator. I totally agree. And you don't have a shaft in the way. Yep. But now we're getting into if fucking if Rackham's or or probably Terp was in the is in the chat here, they'd be yelling at me because they're all hand washers and there's not a whole hell of a lot of difference between hand washing and a top-down agitator and here i am washing with the bottom propeller you know and they're making so, fucking fire that's for sure at least as good yeah. probably better than what the I the fan on, so. that i have in my my lung room is one of the hurricane orbitals so the blades and the motor all move as a single unit right and it does this weird figure eight the whole inside the cage the whole thing mm -hmm. rotates pretty wild so i was staring at that thing the other day like oh man if i could put that above my hash washer and have it that's like the perfect hand i could just mount a freaking yeah. poly poly paddle to it and go <laughs> get a get a fan speed controller on there <laughs> yep i actually looked at someone who had uh multiple just angles and pieces of metal bolted together so that when you had a piston going in and out that they were getting a figure eight motion but so so robert robert that question there uh you know for small homegirl what's that what's nice but not 6g my answer right. to that is nothing yet you know right let me ask you this last year what was available for six grand you know so so we're going somewhere we're getting there you know yeah. and i think that it, this progression for automatic you're, that yeah, really, yeah exactly right exactly yeah, it, talking, i mean because you, you can go that's where we're at you know yeah but. right i mean that if you're going hand wash you could do the 20 gallon stainless that i have which is perfect and pele offers it peer pressure like mine um and they're perfect size for a, a small home grow you know i can i wash everything that i grow and I do it just in the 20. And it's way more efficient than the five, the five gallon washer. Yeah, I would now agree that's, 100%. That's the bottom. That's the, the easiest way to do it is that you can go to Amazon, look up five gallon washer, look at Frenchie's video, how to modify the drain hose. I mean, Pedro's done it. I've done it. It's, I think it I've works. got a video on Instagram on how to yeah. modify it. And, and you how were talking how about to modify the impeller. Just the fucking right way. Not, not sucking up the, the shit at the bottom. It makes a lot of sense too, because the Osprey has that cube, which changes their whole water mm. dynamics. It really does. That goddamn impeller, man. It's one of the first things they tell you is don't drop it. It's expensive. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it comes in its own big ass Pelican case and everything. Like it's, 
it's oh, an official damn. some bitch. Oh yeah, it's an official some bitch. Definitely do not. I mean, because if you think about it, you you start throwing that off, and it's going to throw everything off. And now you've got so so the impeller has in. the shaft and everything all in one. Nope, or nope, is nope. It the just... shaft is yep. The shaft is in the is in the uh, Osprey. Um, it it basically mounts the same way as a five gallon washer. Oh, okay. You know? So you just like. <clears throat> Yeah, and it looks like they're the one that they just put out there, the three, the, the thirty gallon, is doing about the same exact thing. That's why it, it interests me so much. Yeah, um, it would make sense that they would just shrink it. it. Yeah, it's a genius move. I mean, we need something at that. That yep. like like you were saying earlier. I don't know that it's for every home grower, but no, you, you know what it's going to be to build your own lab. It's the it's the next proper step. Like yeah. for like you said, cleanliness. I mean, everybody's dropped. You know couple thousand dollars on lights and whatnot you know it's it's unfortunately just gonna have to be a couple guys going together and gonna you know gonna drop it on a on a machine and they're all four gonna wash on it you know and um but unfortunately from right now this is what we have available to us mm -hmm. i believe it is milled aluminum oh okay I so believe. soft lightweight I, probably definitely something you don't want to drop it is not lightweight that's what makes me think Maybe it's not aluminum. Oh. I remember that thing not being very lightweight. So I guess I can't tell you. Look it up on their site. Find out. They'll tell you. It's a, it's one of their main components, of course, to the machine. Right. So, I mean, they they highly highly. And a lot of that cost for them is the stainless itself, too. Mm -hmm. Oh, for I sure. Mean, that. I do like, <clears throat> excuse me, they did say that the controller is the same controller for the temp, uh, the plates. I saw that. So, I did see that. So you can actually there. take your controller, take it off your Osprey Mini, and go put it on your plates. Now, my question to them was, but can I buy the Mini without the controller? Because I already own the controller. Right. <laughs> so now, now they need a special scooper. What's that discount? <laughs> right. How right. much does that save me? Because I don't remember how much the controller was. I don't remember either. Um. What about you for girly? um as far as on the same note you know processing at home <clears throat> is there anything or is that does that have a uh, a floor i guess you would say not a ceiling a floor at the commercial level where like anything under the commercial level people don't do it and or shouldn't do it and or well i mean i, I... Teach their own, you know what I mean. I I'm not here to give a like you know legal or. or Let me ask you this: advice. on a legal note, can it be done? Can a smaller machine be made for the small home grower? On uh, again, I, on a legal note, I'm not here to give legal advice, but uh, that's that's definitely where it all started, right? So, um, all of the equipment up until a certain point was made for the small home grow because commercial girls just kind of didn't exist to that extent. I mean, they were, they were coming online and everything, but mm -hmm. um, the commercial side of the BHO equipment uh, expanded significantly in the last, you know, ooh, nearly a decade now, but really the last like five, six years, I'd say, um, you know, everything from getting smaller to getting bigger to, getting colder to getting more efficient um the engineering has come a long way i would say um but it's like it 
sometimes as your buds would know it takes a lot of engineering to make even just a the smallest upgrade you know that's what um, i was wondering are you at that point now where it's just about efficiency and quality like the process is like is there another level to the process do you think there's another i, I obviously we don't know it but do you think so there's for me at, for what i do absolutely there's a multiple more levels you know at, for from where i'm at but that's also a scalability issue right so um right. there's only so much i can do right now in terms of keeping scale i think i've done pretty much everything i can do in terms of um maintaining and achieving a high quality but to uh to make some significant advancement uh in the process itself would take a, also a significant investment and so it's kind of one of those like break-even points of where it's right. kind of not worth it right um that being said at, at scale if we're talking commercial level like there's always improvements to be made but they're just such minor improvements and ultimately i think we have the process down and it <laughs> comes down to fire in fire out right and so we can make these technological advancements um for like crc and different filtration methods and ways of cleaning up crappy product and stuff but like that's not really where i want to see it go right. um so i don't really have an interest in pursuing that kind of even line of thinking uh but i mean will there be advancements made significant advancements made in bho in 2024 i'm here to tell you no because there's not enough focus on it right now and until rosin uh has as its day <laughs> and uh the market kind of shifts back and we realize that there's so much we need to be processed that's not going to get put through rosin presses there will be this probably a, a, a reshift or refocus back to bho but it's again it's going to be i think more on, on the scalability versus a quality a quality thing so i don't think that's necessarily where we're going to be putting our what R &D about money. and this is just me not knowing um what about solvents is there any other direction with solvents to go um because you're you've got a pretty obviously the process is pretty standardized and it's um i mean not standard but you know yeah you, yeah, yeah. The, I, the kind of general process. steps and um to get your result but is there a change that I don't know almost like is there another solvent that could be used in that process that for sure I so we've we've looked at a lot of them right like the you know they've, they've done co2 I think co2 is just absolute trash um there's ethanol extractions you know and those have absolutely their uses uh the hydrocarbon extraction in a closed loop system is I think nowadays primarily for um just efficient returns you know what i mean you could just run so much material and get so much mm -hmm. return out of it um in a small amount of time that that's where a lot of that happens but a lot of that ends up going to a further process maybe to be ran as distillate or something because it's just not great material right so i think if we're talking about going for scale there'll be some investment into the size of things and, and being able to you know do more just more <laughs> for less <laughs> but that's not where the, the quality is going to be focused and if we right. want to focus there i think we're going to be focused on a lot 
smaller scale um, just because naturally that's where you go with that higher end product. Um, I already talked myself out of your, your question. What was it? <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I'm it, it, that's, that's, that answers it. <laughs> it <Okay>. was just... <laughs> I'll take that. If, if you have to say from a consumption side, as I look for my, my butane over here, if you had to say from a uh, consumption side, um, be it, let's call it just straight concentrate or flour or edibles or vapes, or do you foresee there being any shift from, from a consumption standpoint, from one to the other? Or do you see they're stabilizing? You know what I'm saying? Or do you see one growing? Um, so I would say that convenience is king, especially as the market expands. So things like pre-rolls, whether they're infused or not, um, things like cartridges, um, whether they're decarbed or distilled or not, <laughs> um, I think those are actually going to expand even more. And I think edibles will as well. Um, the problem with edibles, and when you guys brought this up earlier, I think it might have been Pedro. Uh, and I wanted to reference a couple, I want to say two weeks ago now, uh, Red Setter Farms brought this up on a Michigan Bros Grow Show episode about how how challenging it is to make like quality edibles in the market because it's so regulated to the point of you know homogenization um i mean honestly that's a big that's probably the biggest thing that uh right. you know makes everyone just create gummies you know it's just all the same thing over and over and over and over, and over again and yeah maybe they're pectin or maybe they're gelatin but like there's not a whole lot of differences going on um so i think that edibles will continue to expand as well but then it's like what, what type of edibles are we making? Because if it's literally just going to be gummies for everybody for this entire country, then yeah, I guess just keep running the distillate. You know, just I don't know. Like I, I don't know where we're gonna, how we're going to innovate with the edibles, um, hmm. other than maybe like I don't know, like topical patches or something. I know those exist already, but maybe they'll gain market share. That's where my brain went was topicals. Uh, I, I think that's if if we can start getting more mass adoption where not everyone's getting drug tested and, and whatnot for everything. Um, I mean, it helps with people's muscles. You've got all kinds of things that helps with, and it's just an easy way to toss a patch on if that's how you well, want to consume. And that's kind of where my thought goes to, you know, when I consume, I, I still consume rosin when I eat it. Right. So I'll just take my rosin and I'll decarb it. And, and it could be, lower grade quality or it could be this that i happen to leave out on the shelf for a while or it, it could be any kind of quality and i just decarb it mix it in coconut oil dilute it essentially to whatever with a with a, a compound that uh with that binds to it that's easily um, processed by our body nonetheless um and then we take it like a medicine we put it in a goddamn capsule and we swallow it what are we gonna be eating sugar? What are we gonna get? What are we yeah. gotta be eating all these well, things? So that's that's the education versus marketing, right? Like because yes, I agree. It's the, the way healthier way of doing it. But Mrs. Feroli just walked in here and goes, 
it's like taking your daily vitamins and that's simply what it is how many of us took flintstones vitamins when right we were how many of us take a daily vitamin gummy or some little thing like yes we could swallow a pill but there's also like the whole anti-pharmaceutical thing uh and, and there's a lot of like you know kind of a, people just don't like seeing it a pill they don't like seeing it a syringe um so, and then you got this basic you know square gummy that you just pop a couple you know times a day or whatever uh, yeah it's it's again it i think it comes down to convenience right and yeah a, a capsule's super convenient page to me there's no difference except more positive things out of it than a gummy uh especially the fact that they're typically a much higher dose right uh yeah and that's where i was saying it just comes to the dilution rate but yes that's that's variables again it's just so much so much regulation too like the the variables and regulation state to state municipality municipality like i will say much much easier especially on a, on a scalable size or on a, you know much much easier to homogenize much easier hmm. apples are is that what you're saying yes well the the, the oils and whatnot like like i do the diluted in coconut oil and now i'm gonna take over because my banger's ready and i'm not doing okay so here's <laughs> what i think about 2024 if we're talking edibles and going down this line and oils and waters and how they don't mix and one of the things that uh, I will, maybe we'll get to that later but beverages guys beverages mm -hmm. still haven't really taken on there there are some markets have them some have made them illegal some haven't really figured out how to regulate them michigan really had some challenges with them in the beginning we we said no to any refrigerated products whether it be edibles or beverages we just basically said no on beverages there were some um some massive uh grows that were some of the first to be licensed that spent millions of dollars creating these beverage facilities to to process and and produce you know drinks um all to not really pan out for years in michigan um that's one of those kind of untapped parts of this emerging market that i think could be expanded on and if we're talking convenience guys I mean, what's more convenient than a freaking beverage, right? There's no smoke. There's no nothing you got to chew. You just kind of sip on it. You could chug it. You could have a little shot. You could have a big, you know, big gulp or whatever you want to do. Um, from my understanding is a big reason that people stay away from them from the manufacturing side is, well, it took a while to get the science down because if we're creating like, say, a distillate, right, that's an oil oil doesn't mix with water and another part of it is the thca or thc i guess in this this uh instance tends to stick to the sides of the container that it's in and so when you pour that liquid out or drink it right maybe 10 12 15 percent of it is still stuck to the beverage cup or whatever device it was transported in and so really that 100 milligram drink is now 85 milligrams or something even though it's testing for 100 milligrams you still might not be able to get all that out it's not just getting that last little backwash sip out it's literally just stuck to the, it's like you know adhered to the to the plastic or whatever it come in yeah. um so there, there's just a lot of challenges when it comes to creating a beverage, but I think that's one of those areas that we're kind of narrowing in on and getting down and probably will be mass produced here maybe this year. We'll see it, predictions. I, I would love to see it be able to get mixed properly. It, was it the nano, the nano particles they were doing and nano infusion or whatever? Yeah. I know they're doing that in edibles and stuff. <clears throat> Shout out Kana in uh, California. That's one of the ones I, yeah. I know that was early on. Gosh. 
Well, that one took me to another level. We'll see how interesting this gets. <clears throat> what were we talking about? Beverages. And those oh, take yeah. me on. No, I, I mean, honestly, even from a pill, like a capsule concept, like I like I like to do anymore, um, or to a, a chocolate, like like for girl he was having earlier before the show. I don't know if he even showed it during the show. But from even if I take a capsule, right, if I'm just standing around and I pull it out of my pocket and I pop it in my mouth and I take a drink of water, that's noticeable, right? For Groly's over there, he's eating a chocolate bar, blah, 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 blah. As not as noticeable, it's noticeable. If I'm just standing over there next to you and pop my jar open and I just took a hit, it's a lot less noticeable to me, it seems, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, albeit, I still, besides convenience, it seems like that's the revolving answer here. It's, it, it, if you're taking it as a medicine, which if you're taking it in doses throughout the day, you are generally taking it for medicine purposes, medicinal purposes. Even if that's not your intention, it is still medicine. Yeah, agree. Right. I guess agree. Yeah, I <laughs> know we can cross lines there, but why not just take it as a fucking pill? Why not just take it in its purest form without having to involve another carrier? Well, I guess, I mean, you're, you're, you're involving in coconut oil as a carrier at that point in time, right? But you're taking it in a, you know, where do you draw the line? There we go. Variables. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that most people aren't taking it as medicine and even if you and it, well if if you're if you're not taking it as medicine with the stigma that's still attached to it nowadays you're probably trying to be inconspicuous and so that's where i think another another plus in the beverage category yeah the water bottle comes in i mean you could just yeah, walk around you know. like you know i mean and that would you that would insinuate though that you'd have to take your purchased container and pour it into another container to drink it to be right. inconspicuous. But yes. Yeah, otherwise you got this like metric labels slapped on the side. <laughs> yeah. Of it. <laughs> I mean, they're not, we're not look like other brands anymore, hopefully. Taking that to the park with your kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might as well have a 40 in a brown paper bag. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so I mean it's, it's so I mean on that note, if we're if we're walking out of out of a dispensary you know with an edible or with a joint or with some concentrate or with a capsule or with a liquid drink which one is the least inconspicuous to use in public out of the straight out of the mm-hmm. the uh, dispensary you know it's definitely the beverage well i actually would say probably the i mean if we're I don't know how many people are buying capsules from a dispensary, but that's going to be obviously the most inconspicuous. Oh thing. yeah, and and honestly, gummies, something like that, uh, even a chocolate bar, even though these these bags are oversized for sure, the amount of there's chocolate a in there. Bag, yeah, yeah, like there's, uh, you know, there you can kind of just stuff your hand in there, pull one out, and slap it down real quick, right? Whereas yeah, if you have bang. this drink, you know, especially if it's like, uh, you know, say it's a, I don't know what this is, a 16 ounce size drink or whatever, and it's it has a metric label on it. It's got a big old green cross on it. It says maybe it's got some crazy here's branding, right. you know, and it just looks like this. It's going to be kind of obvious what's going on, you know. So here's a thought: Have we, as much as we, in whatever small group we have here, 
realize that this is a medicine and use it as a medicine and whatever like we're we're woke whatever you want to fucking call it right that's a funny term i don't think i ever use that much um do you think that people just haven't turned the corner into realizing that it's medicinal so so the chocolates the the gummies they're fun the joints they're fun they're you know it's fun we're getting high we're getting fucking stoned it's all fun Whereas if you just took a capsule, now we're talking medicine, you know, like it's just not as attractive, you know, exactly. It's marketing. There's convenience and there's marketing. And then there's also education. But education, unfortunately, I think comes third. I really think it goes convenience, then marketing and then education. Or convenience and marketing, it yeah, can run a close line, but yeah. Yes, I know, because I think you can have a product that's convenient or inconvenient and then you can have a product that's marketed well or not and those don't necessarily have to be correlated you know um you could have a poorly marketed product that's super convenient or you could have a really inconvenient product that's really well marketed you know and it sells well but it's maybe it's uh, i don't know yeah, so I, no, think I think something I think it can be like almost the, they can be i think they run a, a run a close fucking line to each other <laughs> It's pretty goddamn close, but I but I agree with you. Education is is most absolutely um, bottom. And growing back to the to the roundtable day, days, dude, that's why we started doing this. That's why we started. That's why we bought these microphones, right? You know, this is why we this is why we did what we did to try to educate, to try to get the to try to get the education out there, so that you guys know whoever's listening to this i guess knows what the fuck they're doing and we can all communicate and have open discussion right or wrong you know about this on an educated level and not just being stoned like pedro is most of the show <laughs> so one of the things i would add to that <laughs> list maybe a fourth one is quality but i also think that kind of like you're saying with marketing and convenience maybe quality and education cross lines too yeah. because if you're educated you're not necessarily going to buy poorly or a, that's a good know, call. poor quality yeah you're going to understand product. that spend a little bit more and you get double the potency act or double the wanted effects yeah, or maybe you just get terpenes in one product you don't get any in the right. other you know yeah <laughs> right yeah, yeah, totally. yeah you, know, it's a, it, you know and being educated about that walking into a dispensary and looking at the thc thca number mm -hmm. the percentage and buying on a percentage point you know and nothing else you know um buying pretty packages versus you know, or, or or by name and like, maybe that's how i maybe, feel about most strain names the, the, and maybe people really shouldn't flower. <laughs> maybe Sorry. people shouldn't have to and of course they shouldn't have to dig this deep to have this information but the dispensary is not going to post it on the fucking wall you know because they want to sell everything you know they're not going to tell you which ones to buy and which ones not to buy mm -hmm. you know so you, you kind of got to dig at least a little bit you got to go into you got to go into a little bit of something i buy on lineage hopefully um, they're being honest with that you know? yeah right. yeah i mean lineage anymore is don't get me going on what happens on the commercial side behind the scenes um well let me ask can i ask you about that because i just had this discussion in my weekly meeting this past week 
and or this yeah this current week i guess and one of the things it seems to my understanding is that with like a metric facility once you bring in a cultivar and it's named something there is not a point at which whether it be cloning whether it be harvesting whether it be drying curing packaging whatever there's not a point at which you can rename that strain to something else and if you do at least here in michigan you're gonna get fined for it if they catch you Um, right unless you breed with it and then you can well yeah fair enough that's not that's not that cultivar anymore yeah so go ahead so (laughs) you're talking about behind the scenes and ways to get around that i'm thinking of one way can you just say you brought in a new batch of clones but it's actually a clone say say i've got clementine right and i clone clementine but i say this next batch of clones is a new batch and it's actually called pedro's orange funk you know uh couldn't couldn't i just would that be a behind the scenes quote-unquote way of just kind of skirting those rules i don't know the this the metric system well enough and i'm not i'm not in the post the packaging um facility the naming and the and the packaging department that's actually run by i don't don't want to disclose much information about the company but um that's not to say that somebody i would think couldn't i mean if what if you have if you have your your trop c over here and your critical kush over here and you mix the two of them into a into a um a batter or into a cart or into a joint or into now what do you have so I actually looked up the rules on this and it it says something about, um, you know, basically keeping that name, the strain name from, you know, uh, from, from grower to grower, from grower to producer, from producer to producer, from producer to retail, from grower to retail, like all these things, like any of these chains of custody, you have to, you know keep that strain name on that label even for the end product or whether it's metric batched out or however that that strain name is part of that label if applicable and that's the catch right it says if applicable so when is an applicable time or a non-applicable time i guess right I, well i mean i think just for like example anything. i've got one uh my most recent batch was uh 40 cobra milk 40 percent lime skunk 20 percent clementine i can no longer call this clementine i can no longer call it lime skunk i can no longer call it cobra milk right i call it limesicle because it reminded me of creamsicle but with lime in it right mm. now there's a there's a strain out there called limesicle so now do i have to like how at that point it just becomes a marketing thing it's no longer yes. a real labeling thing right you just in my opinion it, it you should be able to name it unicorn poop whatever the fuck you want to name it you know whatever it's literally but in the parentheses below it i as a consumer would like to know that this is a mixed with b you know i would i as a consumer would would highly appreciate that information i love it beautiful thanks for letting me know that 
this fucking whatever the name. Thank you for letting me know what it is. Thank you for not making me think it's this cultivar. You know. Yeah, I think that makes it clearer that it's not limesicle cultivar, right? Yeah, that's yeah. And that's because then I think I think a lot that way too is is another marketing scheme. You can you can earn a lot of trust that way. Um, You know, if we don't have to tell you, but we do. Dude, same with testing and publishing terpene results. I think absolutely. I think absolutely quality brands will lead the way mm-hmm. and and put that out there because it's not a, an expensive test in the grand scheme of things, especially for how much you're paying already. So just get it done and put it out there. And why if not? It post sucks. It? Guess what? If it sucks, don't <laughs> post it or don't sell it. Well, there's your canary, right? Like yeah. <laughs> now, now you always got to question those that don't. Yep. Now your balls are in line. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. Whoa. All right, my turn for a dab. Your turn. Oh, damn it. I was going to <laughs> Did you just So what dab? else? Um, we got <laughs> we got consumption. We got Okay, let's go growing. Let's go grow. Do you think there's anything um be it let's let's keep it mostly on the, on the on the the personal side because I think that's what the majority of our of our audience is. Do we think that there's anything on the on the smaller home grow side of things that may be new and or change and or go away and or whatever uh, in 2024? Well, you guys remember when 3.15 CMA just came out and it seemed like that was really a, a light for right. growers, like home growers, mm-hmm. even though that, you know, got utilized at the commercial level for sure as well. Um, I think we're going to see a handful, not probably not a crazy amount, but a handful of like, just a handful of really high end lights being created for consumers at our scale. And again, look at that rosin thing we just shared, right? I mean, $6,000 is. I don't think everyone that's growing weed in their basement is just going out and spending that to get a washer, right? Right. But I think that there's going to be plenty that do. And I think what that's is, what, what we're going to see. What is a high-end light? I think it's going to be something stupid efficient. Um, I think it's going to have some versatility in it, whether that means it's like modular and how many bars it has or modular and the, the maybe the spectrums you can have or it's... Did you, you know, just, to... Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, or maybe something where it's like, you know, something as simple as being like daisy chain or the way the lighting uh, controller is hooked in or something like that, where it's like, yeah, it's just convenient for like small growers, but it's also high end tech um, that you're probably going to have to probably pay a little bit for, but it's right. still, you know, you know, have having you, have come... you seen Miami oh. mangoes modular light that they posted. I have not. It mounts over. on a Unistrut. It's a, you buy single bar at a time, mounts on a Unistrut. You daisy chain them together. Sure. Um, fully um, tunable with a troll master, of course. And then he also has the intra canopy lights that they've been talking a lot about. Green Gene posted about them again today, too. You know, I, I've been in the the game of the the light race for a long time. I mean, that's part of it was a big part of who I who I was for the longest time. And and I'm not I'm not even going to get into the, the sponsorship and the naming and whatnot, but the lights that I run right now, 
um, are very modular. Um, you can actually control the spectrum. I actually have mine set up to do uh, sunrise, sunset. So they will, the, the, the spectrum will change from what a sunrise spectrum is, morph and transition to a full afternoon sun. And then as it sets, will morph and transition over to and then I can transition them through an app to do later on in the year, you know, and try to simulate like October, late October. Mm -hmm. whatnot, you know? mm -hmm. So I don't know, you know, I, and again, not trying to advertise, but I don't know what, what more. And maybe that's just, you know, like we don't know, you never can see what's in front of you necessarily, but you're right. What more? So that, that was seems the, like a hell that was of a the one thing that really surprised me with the inner canopy lights that Miami may go in. Uh, what I forget the name of the company that does his lights, um, whatever they are, but <clears throat> they're actually in the middle of your canopy. And what it does is it allows you to reduce the amount of light you put from above and still, so you actually get to lower your wattage and have just as much coverage and you get deeper penetration inside the canopy. Mm -hmm. And like it's, a, it's a really interesting concept. I mean, <laughs> all, all the science makes sense, but it's just totally new. And it, it's interesting to see. He's, he says he's been growing that way for a long time. So big name in the industry, you know, and green jeans along the way. I, you know, I, I partnered he totally with agrees with the science on it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I can't, I'm not a light guy, except that I've been in it. I've seen it. I've seen what it's been through. I've seen where it is. I don't see where it's going. I don't see where it's going. We need to have some of them guys on here. You guys, uh, you guys in chat, go go tag GML. He's popped in here in chat before. We'll go tag uh, Grandmaster Level and have him get on here because he's definitely on the cusp of uh, new technology in terms right. of LED and especially when it comes to efficiency. I'm looking at Green these Mango Tech models. ones. Yeah, I mean any of these guys. I'd Where love to have them all on. Whoever the hell you guys want to see, let's do it. Let's just get them in yeah. on schedule. And yeah, I just I don't know nearly enough about LEDs. I'm fully LED now. Um, I don't even run the the random spare T5s that I still have <laughs> sitting around. Like they just I just everything's under LED. Um, I'm using three different brands. Uh, some of them have been shipped to me via you know I guess sponsorship if you will. Right. Um, some of them I paid full price for. Some of them I've gotten discounts on. Uh, you know, it, it's it's I've got a variety of them, but I love growing under LED. I would never turn back to HID at this point. And I think that the technology has got to go somewhere. <laughs> and so I think that there's, I think there's uh, actually going to be a race for some serious uh, market share here this year. I think it was already happening last year, but I think it's going to be pretty aggressive this year, next year, because I think any facility, like the facilities that are closing down, yeah, but any like retro type fitting that's going to have to happen. I mean, people are going to be upgrading. I know I'm all over the place right now, but like these rebates, like there's rebates where these companies can basically yeah. get these lights for free. Like, and then the efficiency of the gains on everything yeah. else in the room yeah man like you're just it's not less... just the lights it's the D, yeah the freaking AC. ac yeah everything man um at the heights of the uh, you could build grooms differently it's just there's a lot that goes into that so 
Yeah, the vertical rooms are insane now that people are building. <laughs> they drive me insane. <laughs> uh, I would never want to work in one. I guess that's all I can say about them. Like, I get, I get the idea. They're fantastic for a lot of reasons, but don't not put me in one. <laughs> I'm dabbing over here. Don't look at me. <laughs> I was recovering. Sure. Sorry. Feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> Just over here, pop of chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a pretty pretty inconspicuous way to consume cannabis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> old yeah, okay. So uh someone just mentioned greenhouses and, and chat. I haven't even read this comment yet, but that's that's something that makes me wonder if we'll see any progression there uh as greenhouse growing because I mean, talking about efficiency, what's more efficient than a freaking greenhouse, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Look at that cloud. I mean, I, we lost you for a second, Pedro. Holy smokes. <laughs> like, what like is that greenhouses are freaking awesome. Dude, that's I'm what I'm so, saying. Yeah. I hear there's a dip. I mean, I hear, I hear that there's a lot of talk about differences between a greenhouse and um, what do they call the other? Um, a hoop house. You know, a lot of people won't consider a hoop house a greenhouse, and a lot of people won't consider a greenhouse unless it's unless it's light dip. Um, some oh, some more elitist talk bullshit. I hate. <laughs> well, nonetheless, yeah. there's got to be there's Solid always got to be lines drawn, kind of. You know, <laughs> but I think what I would consider a greenhouse is um, some kind of control. Some it has to have some kind of control, right? Because it's in a greenhouse. So I'd say probably some kind of filtration. And some kind of uh, maybe humidity and obviously temperature. Um, but I think that's the benefit of, it. you know, I think that's a highly the benefit of it. I've been running, I call it a greenhouse for for quite a long time. Um, but I think it's 16 by 48, um, but it's a hoop house, you know, but I've modified it to where I have an intake that is filtration and humidity um, and actually cooling all in the same fucking thing, which is kind of cool. And, um, and I, and I block UV until later on in the, in flower. And you know, so I have control over it. It's not automated control for sure. Not automated control. Um, but I think it's, I think it's a great way to grow outside. And I believe in a lot of States, um, it qualifies as being out of sight. Uh, yeah, it depends on the yeah, state. I mean, I'm not speaking here in Michigan. It depends on the municipality. Um, yeah. some municipalities will say just close and lock facilities, some will say, yeah, basically out of sight. Like, so it's got to be uh, like you know, gotta have fences around mine, it. Or, mine was mm -hmm. outside and behind the chicken coop, but yeah, know. but you live in the middle of you live in a <laughs> yeah, yeah, or yeah. something, you're you know, you don't, you don't count. <laughs> I, I swear we're gonna actually finish our greenhouse this year too i i bought the post last year and just never got to it so so my i was dreaming about this earlier this week as well and i would love to have a couple light depth greenhouses that are fully environmentally controlled with supplemental led lighting uh you know organic yeah. soil beds automated watering system soil testing all the all the you know everything co2 maybe some geothermal in there as well um 
plus you know heated floors so that i could run these things year round that's what i was going to get it and if we're talking a hundred thousand dollars a greenhouse i think it's worth it at the commercial level i mean you're you're probably starting to you probably you might be exceeding a hundred thousand dollars depending on the size of course right you know, I think the mean? I think it's the 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 heated floors that take, yeah, oh, take big me over. Time. That, that, that throws so, you that throws you big time. You can you can do some really cool shit though with earth batteries and an insulated mm-hmm. like six foot deep. You insulate mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. and then you just build rock something and then sand. Yeah, you, know? you can do those sub level or so. What do they call that sub? Yeah, and then you run the damn subterranean the the vent Subtrain. hose Subtrain. all the way through the the French drain the sleeved french drain hose all the way through it then you just put a like an ac infinity literally is what i watched a video just dude built one of the solar greenhouses that's angled exactly to the his latitude (laughs) right pointed to the sun you know and it warms it up and then it so it actually keeps it completely cool in the summer and completely warm in the winter and he's growing crazy shit in canada he's i think he's right around my latitude if i remember right nice not all of us are fucking nerds like that because <laughs> then i mean sounds, sounds like, some, sounds like some egyptian fucking pyramid <laughs> shit <laughs> putting it all exactly within a point zero zero one degree yeah no, my, mine went because like there used to be a road on my property and we built a chicken coop there and then the chicken coop was just facing that direction i don't know why we just did it that way and now i have to build a greenhouse on the other direction so I don't know which direction I'm facing. It might not be the sun, but I'm building a greenhouse there. Sure, sure. <laughs> as long as there's sun. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be a 25-foot roof that's well-pitched and clear, so it'll be You know, it'll going, going organic in a greenhouse, and, you know, I, I, you know, and I, I know of, there's plenty of people that do it, but the complications are pretty ridiculous when you start talking about above ground like pots you know um especially variables variables fucking variables you know how big they are and what are they made of are they solid i I told you about fabric are they my weird experiment with the above ground bed that i built here or was it it was a three by three by three above ground and i literally just did a lasagna bed i brought nothing from outside my land it was shit from the forest. It was leaves. It was, shit. Saying, it was hay, straw, whatever. Um, we just was layered that probably 20 layers deep. There's some wood in the bottom, you know. And I grew a freaking 20-foot monster in that damn pot. Oh, I yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. It just, it's still going. It had cover crop, but, you know. I, I, I remember when I did mine, I wanted to go in ground because... I was on this fucking hyper elite, as her girl would call it, uh, organic. Like no till. And- yeah. And I was like, I'm going in the ground, right? I'm just fucking. So I remember bringing my father in law's tractor over here. And I dug a trench, you know, four or five foot wide, two or three foot, about three foot deep, and uh, and built my greenhouse over that and amended the soil. And and it's been rocking for since I've done that four four years now. That's awesome. Yeah, I yeah, think I, I would have, have to probably go. In... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was that? I don't you have soil. soil. I live on a fucking sand dune. Yeah, no shit. You live so... on yeah. 
Yeah, yeah that does. See, that, that, but there's another variable that yeah. that comes into play. You, you know, know? It, it sent me down the rabbit God hole. Damn, of, that's a really good variable. Terra Preta, Terra Prada. How do you say it? It's the Amazonian soil. Um, and how you, they? It, it, there's a whole. I mean, you can go super deep. We don't know how they made it. Is basically sure. what it boils down to. So people have tried a bunch of different experiments, and there's a YouTuber, uh, uh, David the Good. He did some cool experiments over like years, five, six years, and digging it back up and seeing how the soil evolved over those years. And hmm. my secret that I used here was first off the chickens, permaculture and well, comfrey sure. and, you know, all that kind of crap. But what really changed it was when I stopped using hydrogen in my indoor grow and I threw it outside because I was done with it. It added that clay to the sand that I didn't have held water. Hmm. I, I have six to eight ten inches of soil in some areas where all that there you go. yeah i had to build this place up too it was full of um adobe mud which is what they call Ooh, it out here the opposite yeah. of me oh it's horrible <laughs> it's just absolutely horrible so i had to bring in a lot of of straw and then compost and then straw and then compost to kind of break it up mm -hmm. you know we never brought any kind of sand or anything like that but i remember lots of straw and compost and then and then um Planting grass seed eventually, you know. Now we got a full lawn, and now I got to be out there every fucking week, about an hour, hour and a half, so, doing the damn shit. <laughs> I I I planted um like four types of clover, so our whole yard is all clover now, and it just spreads and takes over and feeds the ground, and that's not it's a bad kind idea. Like a win-win, and a lot of it's micro clover. So if you mow it once, you can train it, and it'll stay at that height. Oh, there you go. Cool. Yeah, it's there's some wild shit and, it, and it's pretty because it eventually grows some flowers and oh it's super soft help, helps the bees pollinate yeah it'll be very soft mm -hmm. <clears throat> be very soft so back so, to go ahead well, i was gonna say what about flavors guys in terms of strains mm. right there's always hype strains and i, I want to ask mm. two kind of different questions is one is what's going to be the hype and it's i know it's hard to like predict it like you know like yeah, runs tough. before runs came out or something like that <laughs> right. but um you know a, a if there's maybe a strain that you guys have heard of that you think is going to get real big or and or b is there just a certain flavor profile That's that you think I'm is going to come back because last year i thought last year was going to be cherry i think was my prediction and it didn't really swing anywhere so what about this will, but i wish skunk would just come back well i tell you I, I feel like fucking 2023 was full of orange you know um i don't know why but, but whatever competition i went into whatever table i sat at um was something orange troppy lemon you know they had that high lemonine um i i like sweet fruit as much as possible but i mean my my preferences don't really come into play here um i've heard a lot of people at this point in time <clears throat> say i miss this i miss this i miss this so i think it's not going to be necessarily anything new I, it, my prediction is it's not going to be anything new it's going to be something brought back yeah that's what <laughs> Bam. a lot of people have been right saying there. man a lot right of people have been saying i want those ogs back i want the chems on the skunks i want the you know they've, yeah. a lot of it too is you know they hear the stories and they've never had it type of stuff for sure you get a lot of that 
Wouldn't that be cool? So, to get we're in a different generation now. It's crazy. Well, yeah. I mean, Pedro started the show talk. Well, not started the show, but we very early on talked about the new generation that's coming up. That's mm-hmm. a decade ahead of us because they were able to consume all this information that's been put out and didn't exist prior to, or at least was much harder to access. You know, for sure. Uh, and they and they have a... the same. They have some of them, you know, on the positive side. A lot of them have a much more energy, much more fire. You know, um, much more desire, much more longevity. You know, um, so it's and, just, and acceptance. Let's. I was going to say a lot of us yeah, came from the shadows. You know, <laughs> right? It's open to a much greater pool of people because those people would never have risked their freedom. Dude, they're getting degrees right. in it now, man. Exactly. Like, we talk about marketing all day. Like, I have a degree in marketing. I don't have a degree right. in biochemistry or something. I kind of <laughs> wish I did at this point. You know, like, I I know shit. I mean, it. Yeah, my whole college journey might have been different if if we. <laughs> I have a degree in drafting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Just draft, I'm all build kinds of growth. engineering, build those growth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm need a forty See, I think... light depth greenhouse stat. Let's get on that drafting, Pedro. Yeah, no shit, right? I think yeah. So I think a lot of Ooh. it's going to be a year of bringing stuff back. <laughs> Jeff City promised to release something skunk soon. There you go. Oh, Rasta Jeff. I think I have his sticker on my fridge back here. Nice. We'll have to can... clone some more limes. There's another. Use. There's another gentleman who would be an excellent person to get on the list. Put him on the list, you guys. If there's a physical list, put him on it because I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's just the running chat. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, names. And, I'm gonna uh, have to keep a list though, or something, because we keep I'm, throwing. Out did a bunch you create of a Google Drive document? I can't believe we're doing this live right now, but you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, shit. We go where the one of us conversation right. goes. That's what that's what we all agreed to. Hundred percent. I would like to see chems come back a little bit more. And, a lot of people talk you know, about chems. Yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to do that in my own grow. Quite frankly, just because I got so much of that sweet fruit, the terpenoline, you know. That, and I'm quite frankly, 2024. That's what I'm growing more of. I'm trying to find that grapefruit flavor, and I'm trying to find. Uh, literally, I bought a strain for its terpenoline content it's the raspberry parfait so those are going to be the next two additions but the most recent one was grape fun dip from ohms caesar ohms law on instagram and that's very mm-hmm. very chemi it's like and i actually just harvested that and uh garlic punch and uh, there's been a lot of gmo chatter in the chat as well um and that's they're both grape one of them's got a kind of gmo leaner uh, next to the grape the other one's got the chem you know with the grape so i i don't know if those two are different enough to keep both of them we'll see but i harvested i just harvested both of them they're both you know great plants but i don't know i'm gonna, I'm gonna do a bunch of extracting and see which one comes up better and we'll go from there <laughs> <laughs> there you go showdown yeah you know sometimes you just gotta keep you know keep chugging through the strains i've had garlic punch for a few i don't know gosh three four or five maybe five six years now something like that mm-hmm. um i'm trying to remember if i've gone through like an f1 and an f2 maybe um and it's great it's super frosty uh yeah. and it's so funny because i i, I this sounds silly to say because it seems like so common sense but it's like the more I top it, the smaller the nugs get, you know, mm. and it's like evenly distributed throughout the plant. So if I top it like crazy, it just grows these little tiny like, you know, 
I don't know, double thumb size spears, right? At the very top. And there's tons of them. They're everywhere. They're super frosty, like sugar leaves, like crazy rails, all this, right? If I don't top it a lot, it grows these fist arm size colas. And it's like, it's just the equal amount of weight and the equal amount of trichos. And it's just, <laughs> it's funny. It's just like totally up to you as a grower, how you want to grow it, you know? I'll tell you what, it, man. I wish cool you I can was... observe that growing it that long, though. That mm. is, yeah. That is yeah. a good thing to note on any genetic for sure. Getting but, to know I, it like that, like you with your critical. He, he, right, you know. exactly. Right. Absolutely. Um, I, but uh, back to the taste, I mean, the, the sweet. I One of the ones that, uh, the, the one of the Build-A-Soil cup here is uh, the organic soil, sol- or organic soil and solventless cup and Sugar Shack one. And it tasted like fucking like cupcake frosting you Ooh, know so ice cream cake maybe something like, like that was, coming back I, I mean maybe and, and actually um uh, eden has got a chili verde ice cream cake um that we're playing with a little bit um and i know i i took a little i took a little dab of that and that was just like straight caffeine like holy <laughs> shit actually i think that was one of the dabs i had before the show when I came on a couple, I said that it was probably about a month, month and a half ago now. And I was just over here. Holy shit. That was, <laughs> yeah. Some dabs are too big with some cultivars for some people. So <laughs> just, just know that. <laughs> How many variables can you get out of one? Oh dab? my <laughs> God. Let's not We go could there. probably list two dozen real quick. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. There'd be a, there'd be a good long list. <laughs> All right. So going through the flavors, I don't, I mean, nothing. Uh, is there okay? I got a question for you. Is there something? Is there a strain or a flavor profile you'd like to see die this year and not come back? And, and I'll be honest. I know it's not huge really anymore, but I'm so sick of runs and just the thousands of variations of it. I don't. I've never grown it. I've yeah rarely even smoked it. Um, I still see it out there, and it's you know it's a new name every time. I just I feel like it's one of those ones that like people are just naming us, you know, and renaming rather to something runs. It's just like let that one die. Um, but I think it's on its way out anyway. So maybe I'm you know too late on the kick, kicking it on its way out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hitting its ass on the, with the door. Can't you know, think of any of. off the top of my head, but any of them at that level automatically need to go anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's just. Yeah, I would say personally for me everyone starts breeding it with everything it's like all right well that's gmo yeah it's just i'm yeah i mean gmo has been overdone more than i think any other strain i would say so in the my growing career at least probably for me i I don't have anything that i want to see go away um to me anymore i i've watched for the west slow collective over here he's north of me some 15 miles and he gets into telling me the genetics of each one of them. And by the time <laughs> by the time he's three or four generations deep, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why are, <laughs> what are we even how far it's is the this monster. the Bible? Like, how far do we have to go back here? You Your know, this is a little well until we get to the important papers. one. Yeah, like skunk <laughs> yeah. or like you know, like something that you well, you're gonna recognize, you know. <laughs> you know? So it's yeah. For me, it's flavor, you know, it, yeah. because to me, <clears throat> I've found a lot of them that 
I think a lot of consumers come into the market, they they expect peanut butter breath to have some kind of a peanut butter. They expect Oreos to be a little sweet. They expect Sugar Shack to be sweet. They expect, you know, they, ex they have certain expectations. And when that flavor doesn't meet that name, which a lot of times through... 99% of the time, 100 if it's coming from a dispensary. <laughs> I would, yeah, I can't argue. I'm just kidding. Um, you know, well, I mean, it's it's a joke, but jokes come from reality. Um, where the fuck was I going that? Uh, so I, I don't... It's, flavor it's has very, to match the name. It's a very confusing thing for somebody coming into the new market. Mm -hmm. And... I think names are just a fucking label anymore. You know, it's yeah. just like I, I wish that we would get away from those to. names. I wish we had a better system. I know, know it's so hard because oh, oh. It, it, what was everybody that? wants to know where every genetic came from. And I think maybe that's inherently the problem. Like, why can't I just call it this now? Yeah. I mean, if you want if you want to go buy the Bible, go look for it yourself and go look, but th it's this now, you know. I I don't know. I, in Michigan growing up my we didn't have fucking names and as i got older just randomly i started getting told well it's this i don't care it's what you're selling so it's what i'm buying and then as it went on you know options it, we got options now, bro. yeah now we have options and now i wish that those names didn't sound like they sounded back in the 90s i just wish like GMO, at least if you know what it means, you kind of get an idea. Well, oh, sorry. no, I that's what I appreciate about a lot of the strains I grow. And I, I've never named or renamed any of my strains. They've always come from the breeder. Uh, even when the breeder has renamed the strain, uh, you know, I've just followed their direction. And I'm that's fortunate. A, that's on their plate. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, ultimately it is, man. They're like, that's their art, you know? So who am I to like call it something other than what it is? Um, right. I, I'm very fortunate that Clementine tastes like an orange, like lime skunk tastes like skunk mixed with the lime juice. Um, that garlic punch tastes like GMO mixed with grape punch or something, you know, a grape. Uh, yeah. I don't know juice i guess uh cobra milk you know i don't know what a snake tastes like but there is it's definitely like a fruity pebbles cereal milk flavor like there's definitely a milky creaminess to it that stands out more so than uh or, or is in its own category and i haven't really had too many strains like that i know obviously cereal milk has been bred you know with a lot of different strains but i think that's its own category that might expand a little bit more here in this year we'll see um but yeah, it, the naming of the strains, if it's if it's named Detroit Runs, I have no idea what to expect out of that. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of getting at. I don't have a problem if it describes it, but the further we went, the further away from that, I feel like we've gotten. There's just a lot. Like you said, there's renaming of things, so then you don't really know what it is, and then there's random names of unicorn poop. This is what happens when we allow artists to run businesses. <laughs> yeah. When marketing think, gets the name cuts. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or yeah. Or we let the marketing department just run awry with no one yeah. checking them. And it's like and, and no coordination between the marketing and the manufacturing departments. You know, it's just like, mm -hmm. I get it. It's fun. 
it's a lot of fun guys it's fun making up new names it's fun creating a word that like <laughs> you know but at a certain point you gotta call it what it is it's a it's a bud that was grown by mm -hmm. lake superior you know like it's superior buds right. you know that tells me yeah. what he is you know um i know for girly doesn't do that there's obviously yeah. some history behind that name but uh, you know that's why i put a plant in the logo now you that's know, a, you, that's know? Why I wish, <laughs> you know for a while leaf was it leafly tried to do that new system where they had like the boxes the and the colors or whatever. And that, yeah, yeah it had like it was like a symbol that you could look at and you could kind of decipher the basics of what it was. I wish we had something that was simple to, so you could understand like, oh, I like things that are in this color family or I like things that are... They Do they even is. trademarked their colors for Indica, Sativa, and Hybrid? Oh, really? And oh if God. you were caught using that color scheme on your packaging, they were sending you cease and desist letters. Uh, they should be open. They should have created an open. Encouraged an open standard. it, right? Yes. Or, or yeah, yeah. You need some sort of open source standard. Uh, something that's. But, Go ahead, Pedro. And what if you take the same cultivar and grow it in five different microclimates? One is grown in. I, I think that the lab results should determine what that the symbol looks like, though. Like I think that's where that's it gets to. Yeah, because like, my point was. You can take the lab results can tell you. You yeah. have to test for terpenes, though, and last, exactly. as far as I'm way aware, yeah. the only state that requires absolutely it. because you can you can like my point was you can take the same clone and grow it in five different micro mm -hmm. microclimates and it's going to taste at least minimally different, potentially hundred percent, might even look different. Yeah, it might most likely will yeah. because of stressors and fucking holy shitload of variables. But so then it's all got the same name. Right. No, no, and now everybody. <laughs> now, when somebody comes from Oklahoma and then they go out to Cali, they're like, wait, that's not, that's not what Lime Skunk was, or that's, you know, whatever the X mm -hmm. name. That's not what I remember. So that's why when I start getting into explaining things, um, I try to explain them more on tastes, you know, and it tastes and effects more than anything. But, um, but then isn't there. Do you think that here's more variables? <laughs> do you think that what tastes like oranges to me tastes like oranges to you? And or do you Can we think see the that, same color red? Exactly. <laughs> Dude, I, this is, yeah. I love this type of <laughs> yeah. argument. Yeah. And right. and you know, do do the are the flavors the same and are the is the high the same? Yeah. And, and the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> And then different for the, everybody. The genetics as well. You know, you have some like newer crosses that aren't as stabilized and they're going to express 50 different ways. And then you got something like, like you are talking about for girly where you've got a lime skunk that comes out lime skunk, you know? Well, and I, I chose you, between two different phenos. I hunted a oh, pack, right? And there was different phenotypes in that pack. Even one it, of them was much frostier. One of them was more voluminous. One of them was more lime. One of them was more skunk. You know, ultimately, I had to make a decision between the two. Mm -hmm. it, just similarly, I had someone DM me recently. Hey, is this the, the pack of Clementine that you popped? Yeah, but guess what? That was eight <laughs> years ago. So the pack you're buying today yeah. is probably going to be significantly <laughs> different if not just a little bit you know and, and so i'm not going to sit here and claim or guarantee that you're gonna get anything even where anywhere close to it um whether that's the 
structure or the production or the process or the flavor profile, which ultimately I think we're going after when it comes to that strain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that again, here and again, the education, you know, just knowing that you could buy at one point, you could go in and you could buy like we're always using lime skunk so let's go with it you could go and you could buy lime skunk one time then you can go in and buy lime skunk the next time and it might not be the same thing even if it's from the same fucking garden because yeah. there's variables to be had there as well bro maybe they hired a new head grower and he decided to change the the humidity or the temperature or the dry time or <laughs> maybe something they had some, like maybe maybe he's He's just harvesting the crop from the previous grower that's been there for 10 years. And also, the lights just... were too intense. Maybe Bro, they like weren't intense so enough. Maybe yeah. the soil was hot. Maybe there was too much calcium. Maybe there was too <laughs> Maybe someone tripped over the dehue. Oh. Yeah, right? <laughs> no shit, dude. No shit, dude. I mean, the amount oh, of times man. dumb shit happens. Absolutely, yeah. man. Absolutely. So, yes, yeah, so just knowing that. You know, when you go in and it's not quite the same thing. I mean, I, I hate to use the dispos here because for the longest time I was, you know, I'm kind of on both both sides of the fence right now. But I guess for the, for the general public here, it's 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 dispos. We we can't using this speech. We can't figure in the variable that they might just be calling it whatever the fuck they want to call it, right? So you just have to know that when you're going in to buy lime skunk, hope that when you're going to buy lime skunk, a that it, that it is lime skunk, and b that it's potentially going to taste minimally, at least minimally different at different times you buy it. Mm. You know, even if you're buying out of the same batch, sometimes because of packaging and or storage and or life, you know how old it is, age. Uh, yeah. Seriously, harvest so dates are huge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they're not, it's not like they're going to try to give you the freshest stuff. They're trying to move the old stuff. So yeah, oh, right. A perpetual old shelf type deal. That's oh, just like grocery stores, man. They stack at the back. Well, <laughs> you know, and I don't want to shit on all, I don't want to shit on all dispensaries either because a lot of, a lot of dispensaries, I think that's what's starting to be. There we go. I think that's going to be a, starting to become a thing here in 2024 is more of the education on the dispensary's level. So they won't have a, a surplus of X amount of, or X concentrate, you know? They'll only buy the amount of Eden that, they're, that they predict that they're going to sell, that they'll try not to stock shit up. But that's, that's purely on the purchasing manager's shoulders, bro. Like, that's... I mean, yeah, you could say yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we need to have more sales. We need to educate the bud tenders and the bud tenders in turn can educate the consumers. But if we're, if we're being honest about most business practices for these types of companies, um, they don't want to educate their consumers because they don't want them knowing that they're getting a product that's 18 months old and probably isn't the same thing that they are expecting, you know, they, cause they just need to move that product. And that's that's where we're at right now. It's still a numbers game. It's still crabs in a bucket. It's still a race to the bottom. We're not yeah, focusing on quality. And I, I mean, you and I are it, we, the three of us on yeah. this panel are. There's a lot of people in chat that are, um, a lot of people listening that are. But the fact of the matter is, a majority of these dispensaries that exist, I'm talking a very large majority of them, do not give a shit. Mm. Well, and that's where I was making a prediction. Maybe it's a hopeful 
Fingers crossed, bro. You know Fingers crossed. <laughs> I but hope, I do, bro. But I do definitely see on the on the uh, bud tenders level, you know, that there's a, a more education. Um, but I still, I do. think it's inevitable, right? Yeah, I, mean, I yeah. still do find myself educating a lot, but I guess this is less of a prediction and more of a hopeful, hopeful, a wish, plea yeah. for, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of our predictions are probably hopeful, please. And I got one yeah. for you. I'm going to step away for a quick second, but what are your predictions on where uh, the market will take rosin pens this year? Will they be exposed for what they truly are, or will they? I think they already have been. Market share. I think they already have been, and I think they're still going to be. Um, I still, I think they're still going to take a big part of the market. Um, my cats are going nuts over here, <laughs> but I think everybody kind of knows I th for pretty much for the most part what they are, um, and that's that what it is is decarved rosin. You know, because it has to be in order to be, unless it's um, mixed with some kind of uh, with some something else in order to make it more viscous. Um, it has to be decarbed. So I mean, you're essentially vaping decarbed oil, and then we start talking terpenes and everything like that. And it's always been kind of my my dislike for carts. You know, um, when I first started pressing rosin, I first started turning into carts. I was just like, oh, you guys are killing my rosin blah 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 blah. but then sales were just through the roof and people right. were just That's... loving them and buying more and more and more and more so then they then there came the convenience level so i think at the end of the day um you're consuming the same thing at the end of the day as far as the thc thca conversation mm -hmm. um as far as the terpenes you know variables again you know how was it decarbed was it decarbed in an open jar was it decarbed in a closed right. jar was it taken care of was it decarbed under controlled you know condition was it was it um monitored in during the decarb process in order to be you know pulled at the right time in order to preserve as many terpenes as possible i mean there's so many different variables nonetheless the prediction that it's 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 the convenience level is undeniable and it's still just kind of going to go through the roof as far as i'm concerned I agree. I, I think carts are are definitely here to stay. The the better that that process can be dialed in to make a higher quality product to keep I, prices up. That's going to be I the think, next innovations people are going to be looking for. I think, and on that level, I'm already seeing companies. I.e., I have to give him a shout out because he was here last week, yep. Pele Polaire, who's starting to and and there's actually companies starting to do it in the freeze drying process as well. But they're starting to monitor um, temperatures and and um, changes and pressures, uh, changes as in uh, terpene loss and pressures, and uh, and and and, and, uh, and uh, probably a bunch of different variables that I'm not even aware of because I'm not involved in their in their business. But the the monitoring process and and there again, it's education, right? Um, we're trying to educate ourselves on how to, in this case, decarb oil and and most likely try to maintain cannabinoids and or terpenes um, yeah. to to make sure that your that your high is modulated correctly, I guess. <laughs> he he posted about the reactor earlier today. I was just looking for the post, but I'm I'm can't find it. So 
Um, but yeah, I mean, his little Pele's reactor is pretty cool that he's he's playing around with there and selling. One of the things I'm worried about going into 2024 is, um, I guess, the broader scheme, but also specifically with the cannabis industry is just the economy, right? And when economies contract, there's typically less immediate investment um, into things like R&D and for that matter, marketing. So I, I hope that we don't become stagnant, but I also think that uh, that opens the door for maybe newer people, newer companies um, to kind of make breakthroughs like that. And so that's kind of what I'm hoping to see is kind of some fresh names on the scene or maybe some little, little guys kind of taking more market share um, with, you know, newer products that are maybe targeted to the right individuals. But I'm a little concerned about that, that we might just become a little bit more stagnant than we've seen in recent years with so much money being poured into the industry. Mm -hmm. I need munchies. <laughs> I'm going to, I got one for you. Glancing. What is that? Is that a nut mix? Raisins, dried apricots, dried sweetened banana chips, roasted and salted peanuts, dried sweetened pineapple, roasted and salted almonds, sweetened dried cranberries and walnuts. It's the luau mix. I like it, dude. That's good. You so got the text mix over there. <laughs> Shit. Oh, I heard a cat or something somewhere, so I had to go <laughs> running and find out that there's a cat dying somewhere. What the hell was going on? And, and as I was going, I was trying to remember where my chocolate was. And I was like, wait, we got a show going on. I can't get sidetracked. I've got yeah. some for you. <laughs> now I'm suffering for the next 15 minutes, dude. I'm going to sit at the counter. At the yeah. I just this cracked happens. that thing, and I shouldn't have, because now the whole room smells like Chex yeah, Mix. Dude. Now it's going to make I could it smell so it through worse. the freaking screen. Oh, my God. Oh my we, God. we do this every time on the MBGS. We end up like spending the last like 10 15 maybe 30 minutes talking about food Monday, <laughs> it's a like, large part pancakes. of our freaking community it just is man well speaking of food we're having fun with with the baby we uh i'm teaching him gardening so we we sprouted Ooh. 10 different apple seeds and we've got 10 little paper cups we've got so far we've got nice. two of ground and he's every day he's coming nice. up and Apple trees, apple trees, like let's oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Um, going back to the munchy thought, do you think? No, I mean on a serious level though, do you think that it ties in with the question of why gummies, why chocolates, and you know, as far as, as far as. Is if we're taking a medicine, why are we having to take a eat a chocolate or eat a gummy or eat a? Again, think, it has very little to do with medicine and a lot to do with regulation. Agreed, but do you think that there's it, 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 assuming marketing is a large portion of that, which we you know thought? Do you think that the munchy part of that has been included in the in the marketing of you know having something? Because think about it, man, you're sitting around. And you got a you're you're high already because you just right. ate a gummy and you see that thing of gummies over there and you're like, mm, gummies. <laughs> like that, I was gonna <laughs> say that's one of the gummies. worst things that happened to us was 
someone Cream. made the the puppy chow, the peanut butter chocolate mm. cereal mix crap mm. infused. So it was, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, here, eat three pieces and you'll be good. Oh, so we ate three pieces. Oh, and about a half hour later, we all had the munchies and we're just sitting there eating more and more. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Like that's just a spiral. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's bad and or good depending on who you are. Oh, it was a fun night, but yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I was listening to a podcast. I think it was Shane Gillis, a comedian, was telling a story about it. he did that kind of unknowingly or accidentally or just whatever. He was already too high or drunk or something and started doing that with mushrooms. Just oh. had the munchies and started just pounding a whole bag of mushrooms. Oh, my goodness. That's a, that can, yeah, be that a can make one. for a long weekend. There are some people who, and, and I really don't, of course, we, we, don't, we can't test anything yet. And we can't, let's just put it that way. We don't have federal funding to do a lot of testing, a lot of research that we need to do. Um, but there's a lot of people who can't take edibles. Not not can't. It but doesn't affect them. Who, no, well, I guess they're that side of the fence as well. There's people that, that it doesn't affect them. And there's also people that just get, it's holy shit sensitive <laughs> to yeah. them. You know, take five or 10 milligrams and they're, that's too much or you know what i'm saying i swear um, it's just my metabolism it it could it could be i i i guess up for discussion right yeah you know? it just cranks through my body all at once now <laughs> having said that somebody like heady boy he used to be able to eat a lot he used to be able to have no problem with edibles and now all of a sudden he can't it, is that just a tolerance thing? Is that a, he stepped away for a minute and came back, or the the might be I a combination, right? Yeah. I guess the argument with that is I he did quite a few of those rosin caps with me before and didn't have the same reaction that he has had recently. So there seems to have been a shift somewhere. Um, I don't know. It's just interesting. You know, some people like some people like. I've heard the argument of, you know, why do you smoke flour? Well, it gets me higher or it gets me the, the high that I like. And the same thing with rosin and or, you know, uh, with BHO. I truly feel like I'm medicating when I'm smoking my extract yeah. because it is such a flavorful experience. It doesn't feel like I'm, this is silly to say, but it doesn't feel like I'm getting high. You know what I mean? There's certainly that aspect to it. But it's, I'm not just getting like so face slam stupid that it, you know, it's, and that's not what I'm going for either. Right. And so that's kind of where I feel like it's more of a medication. Whereas, I'll tell you what, guys, I smoked half of a donut before we got on the show. I was pretty silly before the show. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, it's a, it's for sure a different kind of high. Um, it doesn't mean that, you know, just flour, just extracts are going to work a certain way or whatever. But uh, for me at this point, kind of where i'm at with it you know i definitely like the mix i've definitely found find out found out recently for me that if i take edibles as in those rosin caps you know i usually do um every subsequent dab from there on out um seems to be exponentially more intense to the point where yeah most recently it's been almost too intense you know i I have to almost be careful when i mix the two where i'm like whoa this is almost like this is reaching maybe i have a ceiling 
<laughs> I, I was gonna say that's that's the fun thing about a lot of different strains and it's not just your personal tolerance that obviously comes into play but each strain has a ceiling and sometimes strains have low ceilings in which it doesn't take much to get high but once you smoke you know maybe a joint or half a joint of it and you're you're you know you have that effect you can keep smoking joints and you're not going to get any higher sure, whereas right. some strains have a very high ceiling and that means you might smoke a half a joint and get high but you might finish that joint and be pretty fucking high you might smoke another one and get really fucking high. i might you know and you might just keep going right and that's a high ceiling yeah it's yeah it's stackable. think about warehouse <laughs> versus a cave or something right like <laughs> then i see people you know from their their very first fucking experience is a dab you know it's like what are you doing you know i've seen them just lay out flat in front of me after taking because they think they can they can inhale seven hits or you know what i'm saying or know, do yeah or do a 700 degree dab or something yeah, you know, that's often what it is too it's like uh, education right yeah, education yeah. Yeah, maybe that's the other thing too. Maybe I should kick up this nail to 700 degrees and just start ripping my face off with dabs, and maybe that'll be the experience, you know. But like, there no, is a not. there's a <laughs> shout out. There's a, a new podcast that Rosin Evolution's a part of, and I if I knew the other names, I'd I'd be more accurate with it. But it's called Hot Dabs, and they it's they do an in studio interview, and um, it's a shorter show. I want to say it's within uh, 45 minutes or an hour. And they do progressively hotter dabs, and then just talk. It's like shit. the Hot Wings show. That's hilarious. And, yeah, yeah. That's funny. And just kind of talk shit about you know the cannabis. That's pretty good. I, I like that. They, I mean, yeah, that's they like involve that they involve games and stuff into it and whatnot. Yeah. You know, so yeah, God. yeah. Actually, there's Evan just said it right there. The Hot Dabs podcast. That was yep. like, exactly. <laughs> and supposedly here, Adam just oops, Adam just came out with one. Oh, and the and the hot wings show right there. Yeah, so there's a bunch of them. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, gosh, how much of that is our industry just taking tech or IP or whatever it is from another industry and applying it, you know? You know, I guess that's where I was going with the or where I where I was thinking, my thought process was going. We, we especially with the with the hash industry, let's just stick there for, for an example. We went from the five-gallon washers, right? At least for automation. We went from our five-gallon washers, and then we just scaled them up to, let's say, the Osprey, right? So we're taking our tech that we've learned in a home-grow situation where it's kind of been not, not refined, but it's been researched enough as to know that this works. And then we've scaled it up to a level in which it works but it's also commercialized in that it's you know easily cleaned easily repaired um doesn't doesn't wear there's no there's you know less wear and tear there's you know multitudes of, of benefits and then we're taking that tech that knowledge that's all came up from the home grower let's say and we're taking that re refined version of it and then it's trickling down that knowledge is coming back down to us you know um unfortunately it's costing us a lot of money but what doesn't an rmd you know make it yourself yeah. if you want to but 
I, that's what I thought of earlier, you know, is that everything has went up from, from the homegrown that is now, now that it's been researched um, properly, it's starting to trickle down to a more affordable maybe what it is is it's the craft level it's the people that are invested into it like a business that are willing to invest into their equipment you know whether that be you know a six thousand dollar washer or a six thousand dollar set of lights or six thousand dollar whatever you know um i think at a at a certain point yeah i might invest 600 bucks to give this a try but i'm not investing six thousand dollars in anything unless i'm serious about it yeah. But a six thousand dollar investment for like a legit cannabis business is nothing. That's so right. I, it is that kind of mid level, that kind of craft year. Mm-hmm. Someone that knows what they're doing is you know willing to pay for it because it does provide that value, and they're putting a quality product through it. Um, maybe that's what we're going to be focusing on this year yeah. is and those you know, types of products. And you know, I think people are starting to look at longevity too because these five gallon washers they have to replace you know every once in a while and and if you're not then you should be <laughs> and right. trying to clean them out is such a pain in the ass and mm-hmm. and most is that likely because they're not stainless steel is that kind of exactly 100 yeah, percent. There's, there's crevices you have to yeah pull there's crevices everywhere you do it's it's a pain in the ass there's there's techniques even to clean in the goddamn mm-hmm. things yeah day. most people i would wager <clears throat> like most home growers don't fully disassemble and clean no, most most certainly not. So, Wait, so you're saying you don't just get a five gallon uh, jug of ethanol and run like a oh my you know eighth wash with just that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, pretty sweet RSO on the like other that. end. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. So yeah, it's 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 a problem. It really is that, and that's why the home washer, the home processor, at least on the organic, on the whatever, on the on the solventless side, is excited to see something that can potentially be cleaned easier at least on the craft level like we were talking about that can be cleaned yeah. easier kept clean um it can and, be used for a long time you know and not have and to be replaced talking about taking from other other industries it, you know i've been stealing from the saltwater aquarium people and the brewery people because they're dealing with water and cold they're they're mm. the perfect place to go for decades of knowledge for sure and yeah. not pay your green tax. So it'll be interesting to, to see a lot of that stuff become more mainstream when people realize yeah. they don't have to go. You know, it just it just again education. It's more knowledge. As as long as everybody's willing to learn, you know, and that goes back to the master thing. You know, you consider yourself a master, you'll never learn anything. You know, but as long as everybody's willing to learn and willing to keep their minds open to the possibility, you know, give everything a chance, you know, even though it might, might be wrong, walk down yeah. that road. See, might, I, might, might, lead to, year, might lead to a different idea. I've spent a year building my system and in that year, because that's all the knowledge I've had for 25 years of growing in this build. And in the last year, I've come up with 10 new ideas I could have put in it. You it, it you're never going to stop. You know, it, it's, it's always getting better and that's we're, we're going to come to a an inflection point hopefully with craft equipment like that would be nice we need more of like what low temp did and what pele is doing okay for one of the 
Well, yeah, one of the things you uh, asked earlier, and I don't think I ever addressed, was um, potential for using different solvents. Mm -hmm. And I just did a quick Google search, and there are, I mean, according to this this one website, there's 75 possible structures for C10H22. Um, so there's single, double, triple carbon carbon bonds. Uh, I mean, there's just a lot of different ways to do it. Uh, and just figuring out yeah and, and and so wow you know looking at the properties of those and then applying them but also having access to them i think is a big part of it um you know we it, honestly we're, we're buying what these guys are putting out there you know from a from a manufacturing standpoint i don't know how much r d is going on i think it really is up to these brands to do that r d um so unless you're investing it in, in you know in yourself um which Maybe we all are, but at the at the a certain scale, you probably aren't. Um, that's where these kind of ancillary businesses come in, and so let's continue to support them, huh? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Cheers, guys. Have a great night. We'll see you next week. Take care, everyone.